Hi, my name is Pasha Marlowe, and this is the Let Pleasure Be the Measure podcast. We are going to have so much fun together. I hope that our conversations about pleasure light you up. And I hope they inspire you to reclaim your desires and create more space in your day to bring pleasure into your work, your family life, and yes, even your sex life. We will practice and explore the art of pleasure together. Let's play. Hi, everybody. This is Pasha Marlowe, and you're listening to the Let Pleasure Be the Measure podcast. I am extra excited to bring to you today's guest. Lee Kellis is a friend, an entrepreneur extraordinaire, the author of Women Who Eat Donuts and her newest book, The Love Diet. She's a retreat leader, a pleasure retreat leader, and my favorite, a pleasure seeker. Because what impresses me most about Lee is not that she created the iconic Holy Donut store, which is like synonymous with Maine, or pivoted and opened up her dream shop, The Wave, but that today she comes to you as an author and a pleasure seeker and pleasure queen, and is so expansive in her thinking that I don't know what's coming next, but I always know what's going to come from a place of truth and heart. So I love talking to Lee. She inspires me every day. I celebrate your expansiveness. Thank you for being here, Lee. Whoa, what an intro. That was, <laughs> that was flattering. And thank you very much. And having you announce me as a pleasure seeker just terrified me because it's a, it's a serious work in progress. And that maybe only just kicked in about five days ago. So <laughs> it's a very new identity for me, but I'm psyched to, to grow into it. Yeah. And you're so open about it. You're, you're pulling what I sometimes call a Glennon Doyle, like your book. Did you read Glennon Doyle's Untamed? Well, it's obviously on my list. I've been avoiding it for some strange reason. I just maybe wasn't ready for it, but I know I am now. So yes, the answer will, will be to, to ha- be happening soon. Well, the reason why I bring it up is because in her fir- first book, she's talking about her marriage, but by the time the book published, her marriage was complete And then she published a second book. And by the time she published that, probably something else had changed. So that you just published The Love Diet, which is incredible. And I read it last night into this morning and in the middle of the night because I was so enthralled. Um, Oh, thank you. That even in this book that you just published, that some of it's already old news. I love that. (laughs) I'm on a fast track. I'm a fast track healer, pleasure seeker, grower, Yes. Self-love student. I love it. And so people probably know you best. The people who don't know you from your childhood, who just know you through your food, know you through Holy Donut. And like they think Lee and they think Holy Donut. And then the next question out of their mouth might be, why, why did she want to stop making donuts and start making cookies? Like the donuts are going well, right? I mean, Holy Donut is still an enormous success, right? It's growing rapidly, which I'm very grateful for. Yes, we, we hit a plateau for a while only because we were trying to build our infrastructure as a business. And my brother-in-law really pioneered that. And I stepped back 
to do some reevaluation and some personal growth and to figure out what's next in my life. And so now the Holy Donut is on a trajectory of, of quick growth, which is awesome, which gives me the ability to continue on my path um, to do what's next. And we'll get to that, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. And that it's it's such a successful business. You don't even have to hardly be there anymore. You've delegated and and it's just expanding um, on its own, which is amazing. Like you, you've done such an amazing job with that business. So congratulations on that. And you. then you decided that what was really in your pleasure to open up a storefront and you're like, maybe I'll make cookies. Ooh, but I also like art and gifts and painting and supporting local artists and supporting local authors. And um, it, it's just this little slice of heaven um, near a down, it's in downtown Portland, just as the Holy Donut was, but up the street from there. And so you opened the wave not long ago. I did. And so that came from my, my love of cookies so I also love cookies and I started that business toward cleaner oceans and the hugest lesson from that whole endeavor is that I really care about the ocean and the planet but it's not my job to save it and I really thought that it was for the past year and a half I've been building this business and this company to sell cookies with proceeds toward cleaner ocean efforts and less plastic use. And while I believe in all of that wholeheartedly, I also realize that I can't heal the planet until I heal myself. And so six, you know, this was a quick six month COVID lease and I've decided to get out of it, to get, uh, to get out of the cookie retail boutique business, which has been a joy and a pleasure, but uh, it's, it's a little tiring and expensive to have all the overhead to try to save the world when I realize I don't have to do that. Yes. And, um, I, and I love that you're, it's not like you're saying it's not our responsibility to help uh, or save the world, but that there's literally no way we can until we've healed or saved ourselves to continue to have enough energy and enthusiasm in life to be able to help anybody. Right. Absolutely. I still put in effort every single solitary day, all day to make great choices and be conscientious and do my part and to support others doing their part. And I care about this planet more than anything. It, it needs to be that way. But yes, that's exactly correct. Is that if we're not happy human beings in our hearts and souls and in our own lives, there's absolutely no way we can give our best to the world and to each other. And I believe that real big synchronicity of love that begins with ourselves is what is going to heal the planet because happy, healthy, self-loving people are not going to uh, destroy our own environment. That, that, that how people who love themselves are going to care for our environment. It's, it's, it seems like natural law. Yeah. It, um, it reminds me of a quote and I can't remember even who said it, but it's like, um, if there's peace in yourself, then there's peace in the family. If there's peace in the family, there's peace in the community. And it goes on to say, you know, country, you know, world universe. And so, um, but yeah, it definitely has to start with ourselves. And the other day you and I were talking and you said, I just realized I don't need to save the oceans right now. I need to save myself. And it felt like such a reclamation of self worth and self love and self forgiveness too. Was there a part of you that's like, just open this store to sell cookies to save the ocean and now I'm closing it? Like, was there any guilt or shame wrapped up in that? Did you have to fight through limiting beliefs? <laughs> if you've read my book, you know, guilt and shame is my default uh, setting. So yes, 
I always have to reconcile the guilt and shame. And I will take what, what I'm saying now and, and really just kind of sum up my book, which is if the, 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 the synopsis of the book is that I tried to fix everything through a great diet, great meaning gluten-free, sugar-free, alcohol-free, dairy-free, flavor-free. I just, I, I went into pleasure lockdown because my health had gone south a few years ago, which really was a result of emotional stuff, losing a parent, having a, a daughter with some emotional challenges and just a lot of life was really weighing me down. And I felt pretty awful and heavy and discouraged and hopeless. And I decided I thought I had to fix it through diet, which translates to me as guilt and shame because I didn't feel good in my body. My body didn't look good. It didn't feel right. It was overweight. And I felt like hell. And I tried to fix everything with this pleasure lockdown again, which is guilt and shame because extreme dieting is guilt and shame and torture. And my ultimate conclusion is after three and a half years of that with nothing changing, my body not looking better or feeling better, my emotions and my heart not feeling better. I said, oh my God, this is not working. Guilt and shame don't heal anything. They don't heal shit. It has to be through love and ease and softness and rest and good eating because I love good food, but it's not like it, it wasn't, it was so militant that mm-hmm. I was being such a, uh, uh, I was being so hard on myself to fix everything through cutting everything out. Yeah. And that didn't work. It's so interesting because in your book, you said love is hungry and you were starving for love, self-love and potentially a healthy partner love. And so you were starving yourself from food as well, which is interesting because one, you're surrounded by donuts. So like my first thought is I would have just been eating all the donuts, like emotionally eating, overeating, because that's what I do to feed my lonely heart. And so, um, so, and you would also mention some eating disorder past. Do you feel like that starvation of your self has been your go-to for a while, starving yourself from food when you're starved for love? 100% at least. Um, <laughs> there's a line that I write when I'm dieting, 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 trying to fix, fix, fix. And I just stopped myself and I said, what I really want is love. What I really want is love. And I still say that to myself multiple times a day because my, I've been doing this for so long where when everything feels wrong and out of control and in pain in my life, my first thought is what should I eat that, that, that fixes this? In other words, what should I not eat that fixes this? Interesting. And it's my default. And so two things I had to say to myself, stop several times. I say, what I really want is love. What does my heart really want? My heart really wants love. I'm obsessing about wanting a cheeseburger, but telling myself I can't have it. But what I really want is love. Yes, of course I want a cheeseburger. I always do. I love food. But what I really want is love. And then what I have to do is I tell myself lately, I kind of laugh about it. Some people practice yoga. I practice eating. (laughs) I love it. I don't want to go to yoga. I want to eat every day. It's a practice. It's three times a day to eat in a way that tells myself that I am worthy of what I want. I am worthy of what I crave. I trust myself. I'm not going to go eat three Snickers for lunch because I don't want that. My body loves good food. I can trust that, but I still have that 
distrust with myself. I still do. I, I struggle every single day to really honor my cravings, to trust that my desires will heal me, to trust that what I love will love me back, to trust that what I truly want and desire, which is not just food, but in all things, I want to travel. I want to laugh. I want a really good romantic relationship. I want cheeseburgers. I want red wine. And I have to trust that the things that I want will heal me. It's not just going gluten-free and dairy-free. It's right. not just uh, eating turmeric and uh, <laughs> uh, red raspberry tea. You know, like all of these things that I'm bombarded with about what will heal me. What will heal me is what my heart's desires will heal me. And I'm choosing to believe that. Yes. And if you're listening to your body and your body and heart want the donuts or the cookies or the cheeseburger, and then you honor that, and then you come to a place of deeper self-love and awareness, don't you think you're also going to attract the, the partner who embraces that part of you and loves on that part of you that does expand her pleasure? Yes, Frig, yes. And I also, that was part of my book too. As I said, if you're dieting, your love hose is crimped. Your entire being is literally crimped. And I was wondering why I wasn't getting the intimacy I wanted in my life. And I kept going, if he would, there's this one person in particular, if he would just love me, if he would just love me, if he would just show me that I'm lovable, but yet I'm in crazy diet mode all the time. You cannot be present with yourself, your life, or your partner in constant diet mode, or at least I can't. Right. Maybe some people can, but I finally found that dieting was almost like a wall, an intimacy blocker for me mm -hmm. that I think I was subconsciously putting up because I'm probably have intimacy issues. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I was like, dieting has, is multifold. It presents us a distraction. Yes. It's an addiction. It's an addiction to wanting to fix things. And it's also an, um, a subconscious intimacy blocker. Yes. And related to intimacy and we can Speak broadly, so it's not about specifics. If that's um, in better in service to you, but do you feel like you can receive intimacy and pleasure and orgasms through solo and partner sex better on a day that you've also been able to receive pleasure through food and the wine and the sense? Yeah, I just made that connection recently. I was like, when I'm in that state of mind of allowing everything. You can only imagine how that would directly translate to physical pleasure and enjoyment and receiving. I was like, oh, I get it now. It's very exciting because yes, we do want it all. We want deliciousness. We want what we want and we want physical pleasure. And it's like to just let all the floodgates open. Yes. It's yeah. really <laughs> exciting. That's an image. I do like all oh, the floodgates open. <laughs> but let's be honest, all women want it all. And we just generally don't allow ourselves much. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't often ask for it. We don't often recognize it, say it aloud, out loud to ourselves. And then we don't often ask for it. And then even when we ask for it or have a partner who is willing to give it, we often have trouble receiving it. Like receiving joy and standing in joy can be more challenging than standing in our pain and our oh, shame. Oh, it can be. <laughs> it's, it's definitely more culture. I think, I think habitually most of us are more comfortable in pain and suffering. Mm. And so um, speaking of that, you did have some pain and suffering over this last year um, that your father, your father passed away uh, not too long ago, right? 
actually it's been all, I think it's been three years, which is amazing. Um, and yes, that has been hugely, hugely transformative and Mm-hmm. life-changing and I know anyone losing a parent it's life-changing and transformative um, he was my business partner a lot of things not having a husband not having another you know he he, he was just such a he was so helpful in my life um, that losing losing him was very symbolic of now what who do I lean on who do I depend on is God enough or do I really need a husband you know and can I do this alone and uh, yeah it was it was a scary, a scary loss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and then coming back kind of, and I've seen your, your mom comes into your store. I've had the pleasure of being there when, when she comes in to, to visit, is that a healing, um, relationship? I know mother wounds run deep <laughs> and, um, and yet, is it harder to, I find, I'll just speak for myself in case, in case you don't want to talk about it. I Hmm. find it's harder to wrap my head around issues of pleasure when I'm thinking about my relationship with my mother, because there, it wasn't taught. And And just the idea of like sex and intimacy, we could, we could talk about that. We could talk about food. We could talk about body shame, like all of it. I feel like a lot of my own issues that Mm -hmm. I'm still grappling with at 50 are related to how she perceived herself when and spoke about herself when I was growing up. Amazing question. And I wasn't even thinking about talking about this, but I do cover this in my book where I say my uh, example and role models of love and intimacy were absolutely null and void. Um, my parents married and divorced three times to each other, which is highly unusual. My household was a very asexual household where it was not discussed in a way of any comfort. It was almost like it just doesn't exist and nobody talks about it. Um, I mentioned in the book that my father came and came and went multiple times in my life and would always come and go and wasn't sure if he loved my mother today, tomorrow, the next day, but then yes, but then no. And that was my formative perception of what relationships are, which made sense to me now that I'm 45 going, why do I still struggle in relationships so much? It's because I never saw any sort of intimacy or true comfort between a man and a woman in that way. I've never witnessed it. All I saw was marriage, divorce, marriage, divorce, marriage, divorce. And so I get really into my own personal nine-year relationship in the book. And I think it's a great story. And it's, it's very honest look at how challenging it can be for us who we just want intimacy and love, but we have no clue how to do it. Yeah. Right. Some of us just don't, don't get it. And I'm one of those people who I just, my, my meter is off. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We have to redesign it for ourselves because it wasn't taught and we have to go with our gut and our intuition, which takes so long to foster and nurture so that sometimes we're 45 or for me 50, where I'm like, Whoa, I never even asked myself what I like me, what I like, what I want for myself. And, uh, and for you, and I can just, I'm almost scared. My sister lives in New Zealand, by the way. And I bring this up because there's a part of me that's scared to go visit her because I know I'm going to love it so much that it'll put a mirror up to my face of how lacking in pleasure I am in my current life. Wow. Yeah. I'm scared to go. Wow. Yeah. That's huge. You had a, um, and the flight, you know, I'll make excuses, the 30 hour flight and the time away from home, but those are excuses. Um, 
you had a life-changing experience or a revelation of sorts. Mm-hmm. In I did. And what it was, was a 12 hour hike uh, across the most gorgeous pass in New Zealand. It already says it's like the ultimate. And I did, I marched it by myself and it was exhausting and hot as hell and, and, and unbelievable. And I just really thought about my God self the whole time. I kept saying to myself, when you find your God self, that's your, that's your moment. I kept going, but what is that exactly? What is it? I know it's telling this voice is saying that that's it. And here we are three, two, two years later. And I think I know my God self is my desires. Mm-hmm. My God self is that voice that says, this is what you want, honey. It's not complicated. Your God self is the part of you that is, that is beyond, that is you. It's not, it's beyond, it's you, it's, it's both. Mm. It's if your heart is saying, go do this, go feel this, go say this, go eat this, go experience this. That's God in you asking for that. Mm. But yet we often deny it or say no, or that I shouldn't. But yet you have to believe that that's your God self craving life through you. And I've been really resisting that voice for so long. And now I'm saying, but now I, I want to just give into it and say, yes, I want all of these things. I deserve it. And that's why I'm here. Nice. So I think I found that God self ultimately. Yes. So now you've surrendered to this idea of embracing pleasure and desire and change and that tomorrow you could change your mind and your pleasure and desire could look completely different than it does today. And that's okay. Um, and so I'm thinking about ways for, for myself to bring pleasure and desire into the days here of COVID, you know, feeling a little stuck um, in in the country because it's hard to to leave although you figured out ways to travel which is awesome but one of the things that brings me pleasure within these constructs of safety that i've created for myself is the idea of retreats so you and i have been ripping back and forth on the idea of pleasure retreats called amour so i've never been more excited Well, considering you did that amazing walk in New Zealand, that's really hopeful. (laughs) You think you could recreate that kind of God moment and pleasure in a retreat? I do. I think you and I could do that together very well. And I think we want to give to women what we probably both want, which is permission, flavor, indulgence, connection, um, that elevation to say, I've been sort of living in a sense of locking down what I really want and I'm ready to really practice receiving. And so what I bring to the table is the eating experience. What you bring to the table is so many things. Um, You could explain that better than I could, but I think together we could show women that we're a work in progress as well. Absolutely. Uh, But I really want to just make pleasure be the measure. Of course, of course I had to say that, um, is make pleasure top priority and start practicing with the weekends that you and I are talking about, which is sit, talk, get massaged, eat ridiculously awesome food. Mm -hmm. Talk about the sex that we want. Talk Mm -hmm. about the love that we want. Talk about the, the dreams that we have. And that's, that's what I want. Yes. And I love that you said practice because a, a two or three day experience like this in pleasure at a retreat, you can then 
see what it is you can then bring into your life, into your work, into your relationships, and how you could expand your dreams. And so part of the retreat is going to be like, now what? Like, let's not just go home and return to our previous habits and limiting beliefs. Like, let's use this experience to grow and, um, and really live more in our pleasure, no matter where we are or what's going on in our lives. There is always a way to, um, to sneak it in. And you, one of your uh, recipes, I call it a love diet recipe. You, you said there were some rules, but you're such a foodie. Like when you write and talk, it always sounds like you're preparing a delicious meal. Good, good. So the, the rules of a love diet, the recipe is cut out guilt, reduce self-doubt, eliminate mistrust, add extra amounts of joy, stir in a touch of pleasure, dollop with gobs of passion, garnish with a few ounces of peace, and sprinkle with lots of flavor and loads of love. Results are guaranteed. Yes, and I've got some other tips and tricks up my sleeve, you know, we could, we're going to use at our retreats. Um, like I call it the should game, when I offer you chocolate cake, and instead of saying I shouldn't, I want people to say, oh, I probably should. Yes. And that's a new paradigm shift for me too, is to say, oh, well, I'm dying for chocolate cake. So of course I should. And it's still really like a, we're still so programmed to deny, but I think at our retreats, we can really practice. Like you said, the practice part is practicing, allowing pleasure. Yes. Sounds and so fun. It's, it sounds <laughs> delightful. And, um, and modeling that for others, you know, if, if at a, table at a restaurant, the first woman in a circle of ordering orders a salad, the other women are more likely to <laughs> shame themselves and order a salad. But you need to be first in line. And you're such a perfect example of this, Lee, because if you order the burger and the cookies and the donuts, so much more likely will be everybody else at that table saying, yes, that's what I want too. I'm yes. very willing to be that leader. And I think about that lately, exactly that dynamic when you're at a restaurant, because I feel like I should order the salad. And what it looks like to other people when I order the cheeseburger, but they're probably feeling relieved versus I'm thinking they're judging me, but yeah. they're probably relieved. Yeah. And so, yes, at our retreats, exactly. I'm very happy. I'll be setting the tone for what the frig I really want, which is a huge steak with, with fries today. And tomorrow might be whatever, but whatever, honoring whatever it is in that moment and really staying true to that. Yeah. So I've been practicing, you know, when you go to a, a potluck or something to be the first one to go up to the buffet line or whatever, like grab the plate, dig in because everyone's seriously always waiting for the first, first person to go up there and grab the plate. Even if the hosts or hostess is like, everyone go ahead, you know, grab a plate. Everyone's like, looking around. I'm just like, I love it's own my pleasure to be the first one to grab the plate and go up there because everyone's just waiting and then they just need permission. So yes, it, talk, it, it feels like that, like the floodgates open. Once we allow ourselves to step into our pleasure, it just starts snowballing into every aspect of our lives. And then we want more and then we want more and then we want more, but we're also feeling more and more worthy of those mm -hmm. And we stop apologizing and we stop shooting on ourselves and we start liberating ourselves and thus liberating other women around us. Absolutely. I wrote in women who need donuts. One of my favorite lines, it just came to me. It said, we need to eat with gusto and passion like women who are not afraid of our appetite. 
Yes. And it's not about just food. It's like, to because when you said when the floodgates open, then you want more. And maybe we're all freaking terrified of how much we actually want yes. and what that could actually mean, <laughs> which is actually sounds really fun and exciting. But I think I've always been almost intimidated by my own appetite for life, which yeah. is I want it all. And yeah. I'm like, how do you even, how do you even grasp it? How do I do it all? How do I go to New Zealand and swing from the, the, the chandeliers? And how do I go to France and traipse across Bordeaux and drink the wine? And how do I start my dream business? And how do I, you know, there's just so many things that some of us want to do. Yes. It's yeah. overwhelming, but yeah. I think it's a practice. It starts with allowing the littlest things every day that bring you joy and pleasure. Absolutely. And then if you're ready to take it to the next level, you read books like The Love Diet, and then you start eating in your pleasure and moving in your pleasure and loving in your pleasure. And then maybe you sign up for a retreat and have a weekend in your pleasure, just self-love and time away from responsibilities that we put upon ourselves and have to take in. And so, um, so yes, how can people reach you, Lee, to find out about the book and the retreats and whatever store or not you work in? <laughs> yes, um, two, two things. My Instagram is women who need donuts. And my website is thesweetc.com. And the Sweet Sea is my cookie business that is definitely still very active and still contributing to cleaner oceans, which I'm still very passionate about. Yes, that will never change. Um, all purchases there go toward that cause. And so again, Women Who Need Donuts is a great way to contact me. I welcome all messages, questions, and uh, inquiries. And then we should mention that you and I are going to announce our retreat dates very soon um, to get people excited and, and signed up for these limited spots all summer long. Yes, we're going to try to do it once a month. Um, super excited about that. And then if they, somebody wants to purchase your book, do, should they just reach out to you or is it available on Amazon or other? Places? It will be available on Amazon soon. And it will also be at thesweetsea.com soon. Um, or someone can instantly message me on Instagram, women who need donuts, and I will mail one out. Fantastic. It is such a pleasure. Every time I see you, you light me up because you remind me of the best part of myself, which is also that. So thank you. Right back at you. Thank you so much, Lee. It's been a joy talking to you. I can't wait to, when I talk to you again tomorrow, find out what changed. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Sorry. It's, 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 that's the wave. It's the wave of whatever you want to do whenever you want. And that's why my story is called the wave. So love it. Yes. Good to talk to you. Yes. Thank you, Lee. And if anyone would like to continue the conversation with me, please reach out to me at PashaMarlo.com or you can email me Pasha at PashaMarlo.com, Facebook and Instagram and Clubhouse. I'm at Pasha Marlo. So good to see everyone. Bye. Thanks, Lee. Bye.